Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome everyone to Daily Distraction here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by Joe Holbert. Joe, how are you on, I believe it's Monday. Yeah, I was going to start with another week of Daily Distraction, but I think it's only our second actual week of Daily Distraction. So yes. it is another week, but it feels a bit silly to make it seem like just another ordinary experience. Uh, the longest running weekly episodic Daily Distraction on Fightful.com. There's definitely a few facts in there. I don't know which. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to pick them out, but there's definitely some that can't be argued. But yes, right, we are back, Jeremy. We are very excited. The bracket is developing. I got no hate mail. I did get some. Some people were very mad with me. Other things, but not for the bracket. So it's going well. Uh, features have absolutely not been a pain in any way, Jeremy. I'd like to know that. And um, WrestleMania is coming, man. We're both excited. We definitely don't want it to be over with, right? Just keep it rolling. Push it back a week, Jeremy. Push it back till May. That's what I say. I push it back until you can actually have fans in the building, is what I say. Yeah. Uh, today's episode, we are going to go through our bracket. We have the Sweet 16 wrapped up. We have the Elite 8 to preview. And we're going to go, I guess, a little bit behind the scenes, as we're going to call it here, as we're going to talk about essentially what WrestleMania has done to us. This is more of a therapy session than, yes, than yes. anything. So uh, you're getting us free therapy here. No one has to pay for, for our therapy sessions, and we don't have to pay each other. So if you want to leave a comment on WrestleMania, what has WrestleMania done to you, send us a message and just vent your, your WrestleMania frustrations, feel free. That's what we're here for. You know, We're going to let out our feelings, our thoughts and feelings on this. And this is a safe space where everybody else can let out their thoughts and feelings as well. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of wrestling talk in the world, but there's not enough talk about just the damage this is doing to us internally, <laughs> emotionally. And today is the podcast for that. After we get through our fantasy bracket um, roundup, of course. So oh, that takes priority. Then we get to the emotional torment of WrestleMania. That's right. Uh tomorrow just to set the schedule kind of for everyone tomorrow we are gonna keep doing the bracket maybe if you if you post the elite eight 
quick enough. I will give people time to vote. We will we will continue to do the bracket. And uh, our good friend Luther sent out a tweet about. Sorry, let me correct myself. Japanese deathmatch legend and original death dealer Luther sent out a tweet about building a, a federation in. 1986 with you get 10 people you get some tag teams you know who are you building around essentially and that's right up our alley because we love to do you know if you if you're building a brand who are you taking we love stuff like that so we're going to expand on luther's idea and, and give our thoughts on that thursday will be our normal show will basically be a giant wrestlemania preview and friday is going to be a giant WrestleMania preview as well, Joe, because the distraction WrestleMania preview is too big for one night. Oh, no, this sounds terrible. How many minutes can we get out of Lashley, Alistair Black, man? Come on. <laughs> Let's just get it over with. That's what I say. I say move it forward. I've changed my mind. Let's do it tomorrow <laughs> night, WrestleMania. One night. Do one night of it. Just, finish just it, have please. it on Raw tonight. Just WrestleMania yeah. on Raw tonight. <laughs> It's good. This week is going to be one hellacious week, Jeremy. You know that more than me. I mean, it's, it's about to get wild this week. Lots of fake spoilers and such coming. Lots Not from us, of... though. I Not actually think us. this week will be, like, tame because they've taped oh, wow. everything. And anything that was going to come out as far as who pulled out of matches, I feel like would have already been out. But maybe I'm wrong. And yeah, sounds optimistic. <laughs> there will be fake spoilers, <laughs> I'm sure. But fake spoilers don't bother me because that's just what people are going to post online i don't have to write about fake spoilers usually wrestlemania week is nuts because everyone's doing media interviews and there's three million indie shows going on where different stuff happens and like this week it's just none of that you're getting the drew mcintyre is like the only person doing media interviews and saying the same thing over and over again they're putting smiles on people's faces and and that's like all the interview stuff that's gonna be a headline every day on fightful is you know blank we're just here to put smile on people's faces yeah i mean that is that you're gonna see a lot of that certainly but maybe you're right i still think there's a lot of time for people to post something terrible on instagram about like just a selfie and there's a title belt straight in the background i feel that's inevitable one because i'm expecting it any day now so maybe you're right we'll see i mean it's gonna happen but and I'm not pressed by that because I don't have to write about that. So whatever gets me to do yeah. less work, I'm happy with. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. I get you. Uh, everyone check out Fightful.com, FightfulSelect.com for exclusive news, audio, early access to features. We're going to get into to Joe's features a little bit later on on the show. Everyone, if you go to Fightful.com right now, um, our bit with Ricky Starks where he talks about The Undertaker, meeting The Undertaker, the Undertaker sitting on his couch and watching wrestling matches with him. Advice, helping Undertaker train for the Mania match against Cena. All that stuff. Um, the The article is up on Fightful. The entire interview with Ricky is, is up. We did that last week. You can check out the interview with Ricky Starks where he talks about The Undertaker. He talks about the NWA, wrestling a broom, a bunch of other stuff. Great time with uh, Ricky Starks last week. So everyone... Check that out, and let's get into the bracket, Joe. We're going to begin mm. with the SmackDown side of things. If you're watching oh, on oh. YouTube, the bracket is now on the screen. And as we see at the top of the list here, Daniel Bryan, 
number four seed over Roman Reigns, 80.5% to 19.5%. In the 7-3 matchup, Kofi Kingston defeats The Fiend at 52.4%, 47.6%. Anything surprising here, Joe? Yes, the Roman Empire uh, <laughs> fandom did not come to my Twitter. That's, that's what was clear from this. This was a, a bloodbath, Jeremy. This was a slaughter. My God, this was a squash match. Brian is times. Brian is destroying everybody yes. in this tournament. Everyone, like this was his worst showing, and he still got eighty percent of the vote. Yeah, this is legit. I mean, this is trouble for everyone else, right? Because I think what happens is Brian obviously has his own group of like hardcore fans, but what happens is every person in the middle is objective enough to see that he's better, and that's a big problem. Like me and you are both Roman fans, right? We yeah. love Roman, but like. Where does he beat Brian as a performer? Tough, that's tough. For He's anyone, a big dog. Yeah, he is a bigger dog. That's true. <laughs> but I don't know if people were taking that into account when they did their voting. So he's just slaughtering everyone. I don't see it stopping, to be honest. So that, it did surprise me that Roman fans didn't, like, fire up, make a comeback, you know, Superman Roman, punch and all that business. Roman got the good publicity by pulling out of WrestleMania. He, it feels like years ago, Jeremy. It does. It was <laughs> less than a week ago. It was last Thursday. Um, he, you know, he, he went with the Hail Mary, the, the final play that he thought he could do. After Brian, the comments by Bree, it, it didn't look good for Roman. He tried the Hail Mary. didn't work. The referees were not on his side uh, to call him inbounds. And, yeah, he just not... I don't see anybody stopping Brian. I I just don't. Ooh. I was actually more surprised that that Kofi had like barely squeaked by the Fiend. I, we talked about this before. We overrate how dead the Fiend is, don't we? We do. We I think we just have no idea what we're talking about. I'm actually <laughs> not sure either of us watched SmackDown for the last six months. So perhaps we're just lying the whole time. We might be. I might be, Jeremy. I'm gonna be honest with you. Because I watch, sometimes watch SmackDown and they tell me things that have happened and I'm like, must have been out that week. I don't know what happened. But anyway, <laughs> what I will say is, um, you're correct. I still think there are some fans that would, didn't enjoy Kofi's title reign and probably blame him. So, I mean, not somewhat unfairly, incredibly unfairly. He had a tough, tough set of cards dealt to him there. But there's an element we haven't been discussing with Brian, Jeremy, that struck me this weekend. There's been a lot of talk recently. You know this more than me. As the newsman of our podcast, Brian may be at the end of his full-time uh, career here, right? Coming soon, next year or so. Yeah, next year. Is there a chance this is his first and last fight for the distraction March Madness bracket? I'm just throwing it out there. Well, he'll be around next year. It's going to be next September is when his contract ends. So okay. he, he has uh, over a year. People took that uh, comment as he was going to be wrapping up full-time when when Bree has their second child, which will be around August. Uh, but he said, you know, when his contract expires, and he signed a, a three-year deal in 2000, I guess it would be, I'm, I'm terrible with math, 2018, which would put him at, yeah, 2021. So he said he'll oh. he'll scale back on his dates after this contract ends, which isn't until, yeah, the fall of 2021. So he still has at least a year of, you know, trying to prop up Drew Gulak and hopefully Chad Gable and doing feuds with, with big casts and things like that. Oh, God, don't remind me about any of that. We should do a whole podcast on that. 
weird few months of terrible, terrible wrestling. Of Brian's like, return, like just Brian's yeah. entire return. That how they booked that whole thing was. It's, you know, it's so something. interesting. It's like, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but the Kofi moment was so special that I think people have forgotten. Like he, Brian, should have never even been in that position. He never ever should have been the heel champ going into his like one year spot mania return, right? <laughs> that should have been the coronation of his comeback. But nonetheless, nonetheless, this is way off topic now. But anyway, WrestleMania rematch in the next round for SmackDown. It is looks one sided to me. Was I'm trying to recall why Brian Brian beat AJ for the title. Oh, they did that because they didn't want to do AJ and Brock again, right? Yes. Isn't that why Brian won the title? Yeah, I think. So what happened? So he wrestled Miz at SummerSlam, right? Yeah. That year, Brian. They they wrestled again at Hell in a Cell in October. Okay, I remember reading an article with him where he he seemed to suggest that he felt like he was calling off already, which is very on brand for the World Wrestling <laughs> Federation. And he, what you do when you're calling off in WWE is you turn into a heel, remind everyone you're one of the best wrestlers on earth, and then eventually you build up enough cachet to go back babyface without any kind of trouble. That's what Brian has done expertly right like perfectly uh and to be fair like if we sat if we were doing this podcast then which thank god we wasn't jeremy was not doing it then uh <laughs> we we probably would have been like okay you put the belt on Miz and you, you build a year to brian's title win right is it fair to say what they actually ended up having happen out of pure coincidence and chaos was better than anything we could have fantasy booked probably so there you go yeah, that Kofi moment is is tough to top. I'm just recalling mm-hmm. now how WWE switched the title two years in a row just before Survivor Series, so they got out of booking Brock in a certain match because they didn't want to do the gender match, and then they didn't want to oh. do the AJ rematch, and so they just switched the title the the week before Survivor Series so so they could you know get better matches. You know, we don't have many matchups to go for here, Jeremy, so I'm just going to ask, are you pro Jinder? Did you enjoy the Jinder experience? No, no. I, oh. there's, I understand there's a lot of, even during the time, people were just like, give it a chance, it's okay, you know, you want them to push new people, and here they are giving you Jinder, and it's like, yeah, we want them to push new people, but like people who are good, and wow. no offense, Jinder, those matches weren't good, his his work wasn't great. Look, we know why he got the title. He got the title because they were trying trying to tap into a certain market, and even then, it didn't actually work out. No, the the gender stuff was bad. I'm gonna be honest. I I thought it was fine. I didn't have a problem with it. But I legitimately have been watching old pay per views recently, and I'm like, I miss when we just had two world champs that wrestled on pay per views and like did normal matches, <laughs> because like when we had the Fiend and Brock for like that three four months. Both championship matches was like, well, how many minutes can this person get out of this character? Like, that is not <laughs> fun for me. I'm going to be honest. I miss when you could just go into a pay-per-view unsure of who was going to win or lose matches, and it was like normal wrestling matches. Now, granted, Jinder is not the flag bearer for that concept. I appreciate that, Jeremy. But, you know, it was. There was a good match with AJ I liked. So, there you go, Jinder. Take that compliment and run with it. There was a good match with AJ. Uh, we got a great Kali return, which I think is is the highlight of the run. And we got the Punjabi prison. Look, I love oh I love wacky gimmick concept matches, and so yeah. that match was god awful. But I, I I appreciate that they tried the Punjabi prison match. There was one of those autumn matches that I remember being like super high on, and they followed it up immediately with the Punjabi prison, and I was like, oh no, oh no, the gimmick has now died in every work, I can imagine. Yeah, 
It was a weird time. It was a different time. The business has changed, Jeremy. You've told me so many times on this podcast, the business has changed. Uh, let's move on to the, the Raw division here. Let me get the graphic on the screen. There you go. There's the Raw division. We have the four seed, another 4-1 upset. Kevin Owens over Brock Lesnar, 56.2% to 43.8%. And AJ Styles, the six seed, over the two seed, Drew McIntyre, 60.5% to 39.5%. What stood out, Joe? Um, not a lot, to be honest. I think the Brock thing, you pointed out to me, the, the competition has not been super stiff for Brock. And he was getting, he was resting on his laurels. He wasn't great transition defense. And I think inevitably, you know, a hard worker caught him out in the end. Natural talent can only take you so far in a but, bracket. But of this in the level. words, in the words of Mike Goldberg, hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard. That sounds like something he'd said in a BJ Penn fight, I feel, a lot. He like, said this in a, a GSP, it was GSP John Fitch, and then uh, wow. Joe Rogan, yeah, look, I, I love Mike Goldberg quotes, I could give you a million of them, and then Joe <laughs> Rogan goes, okay, but what about when talent does work hard, and Mike Goldberg goes, well, then you get GSP. What's your favorite, my favorite Mike Goldberg may be, when Ronda was just getting just destroyed by Holly Holm and he came in with the rock star. Yes. Like, remember the, yes! the tough being a rock yes! star? That was incredible MMA commentary. I love that. Joe, Joe, I do the it takes a lot of energy to be a rock star. I text <laughs> that to my friend all the time. We That is one of my favorite. That might be tops. My Oh, I love that quote. <laughs> Well, there's, a, there's other classic ones. The Sokaju one, right? Just want to soak it in. The and he so- thought he'd said something so profound. <laughs> it's great. My, Goldberg was awesome, man. One of my favorite exchanges is Randy Couture and uh, Gabriel Gonzaga. And right, yep. when Gonzaga gets his nose busted... And Goldberg thinks it's like three different things than it actually was. Like he thinks it's like a take. He thinks it's like a head clash on the feet at first. He's like, oh, right there. You see his nose explode. And Joe Rogan's like, no, no, no. I don't think that was it, Mike. And then they show a replay of Couture uh, hitting Gonzaga with a punch. And he's like, oh, boom, right there. His nose explodes. And Rogan's like, nope, that's not it either. And then they show the takedown where their heads clash. And that's when it broke. And Rogan's like, Right there, that's when it happens. And Joe's like, "Oh, yep, right there. Good call, partner. That's that's <laughs> my is, favorite the, bit." A lot. There's a misconception that the best of Goldberg was when he was like fresh to it and didn't know what was going on. That's not true. The best of Goldberg was after he'd been doing it for a decade and felt he could actually like drop some technical nuggets <laughs> in there. Like there was some amazing little pieces where he'd like say something that he had heard. I guess Rogan, he thought he'd heard Rogan say, and Rogan would just correct him immediately, and he would just he would go back to his old bag of tricks. But yes. Mike Gold, we could do a whole show on him, really. He was wonderful. <laughs> Imagine if he'd have done the WWE move that's always rumored and talked oh about. Oh, my God. Incredible times. That would have that, been. Would he have been better or worse than Mike Adamley? Well, I think he'd have been better. I think he would have been good at, like, the, you know the big moment commentary where you have to kick into overdrive and there's a title change? I think he could have done that. It's just he would have probably followed Jim Ross or replaced Jim Ross in some way, as crazy as that is to think. And like fans would have just hated how many move errors he made and getting names wrong, and it would have been that would have been the problem for Mike, I think. Uh, Mike Goldberg in WWE would have been amazing. Yes, he's he's actually like not bad in Bellator because he seems very self aware. Yeah, like, like they do the whole uh, virtually identical bit. Like they they actually that's a bit now 
for them. So it's like not as charming. Um, but oh yeah, we could do a podcast on just Mike Goldberg quotes because there are so many, so many of them. All right. Yeah. <laughs> what are we yeah, talking about? Our bracket. <laughs> Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, Kevin Owens over Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles over Drew McIntyre. A little shocked by AJ and Drew, but I think last round kind of showed that Drew was in some trouble when he, he struggled with Alistair Black. And, I mean, AJ is – he's still AJ to a lot of people, and and that that's big on the interwebs. Yeah, you know what's interesting about Drew McIntyre? Have you ever seen anyone on social media just outwardly say, like, that is my favorite pro wrestler, Drew McIntyre? Because I have not. No, that's fair. He's like everyone I don't know likes what means. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just like he's cool. <laughs> yeah, everyone likes him, but you don't see this big like Drew McIntyre contingency of like I- I'm just going to war for Drew McIntyre. Maybe that changes. Yeah. I don't even know if it's going to change after Mania because people are going to turn on him because that's what they do. But yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, AJ. To be fair, I don't know where that's at with AJ now, but there definitely was once. Pretty sure I was part of the contingent once for AJ. So Drew McIntyre was always doomed here, unfortunately. He struggled consistently. Well, not consistently, but he didn't last round. So this year, no surprises here. Sets up an interesting match at right? Four and six in the final of Raw. Interesting, very. AJ, AJ and Owens. That's a battle of two different, really the same fan base. It's just two guys with the, the yeah. independents who came up and now we're... When was the last good Kevin Owens match? Uh, I couldn't see the last Kevin Owens match. It's been a really weird time, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he had any bad matches. I just no, mean... no, 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 no. This, this isn't no, a I'm knock on. Yeah, yeah. This isn't yeah. a knock on Kevin Owens. Like he hasn't had a great match in in this long. It's just most of his matches, I feel like, have been tag team matches lately, and yeah. I just can't recall like when was the last Kevin Owens match that was like, oh man, that was really good. I'm with you. I think. I mean, I don't want to bring it back to Jinder, but do you remember that weird, like, seven-month... It wasn't seven months, but that feud that they had about Shane McMahon? That was strange times when Jinder was world champion. That was an odd period of WWE. None of you remember any of this. Wait, Owens had a... I remember Owens feuding... Who was feuding No, years before that. So AJ and Owens were feuding for the US title. Ah. And the McMahons were, like, in it somehow. Shane was the referee of one of their matches. I have no recollection. This led to AJ and Shane at Mania? Or was this no, the, this was oh. after this is after they'd shaken hands. This led up to Kevin headbutting Vince McMahon, oh. which was an angle they got one week. I think of Pete Alf. Yeah, they didn't do anything with that. <laughs> uh, I I have no memory of this AJ and Owens feud. None. <laughs> what a podcast none. this is! <laughs> Just our memories crowding us and helping us at different times. <laughs> Look, I can tell you these Mike Go- obscure Mike Goldberg quotes from. A decade ago, but I cannot tell you about an AJ and Kevin Owens feud from three years ago. That's fair. I can't argue with that, to be honest. I think you're probably right for that, actually. Uh, the NXT region, we've got Adam Cole over Keith Lee, one over five. The one seed actually moves on 60.8% to 39.2%. And Tommaso Ciampa over Velveteen Dream, two over six. 54% to 46% chalk in the NXT region with the one versus two in the, the Elite Eight. This means that the people agree with the NXT booking, right? I guess that's what it means. They think the top two guys are the best two guys. So fair enough. I can't argue with that, Jeremy, can you? I think that's fine. It is what it is. And this is validation for, yes. for Triple H right here. 
and Terry Taylor and everyone else who works on that incredible wrestling show that airs every Wednesday nights. It's just a, I, you know one of my favourite activities in pro wrestling is just going to the uh, like the list of employees thing for WWE. You just go to like the producer section. It's like, oh, he's there now. Well, wow, that's interesting. It's just a never-ending cycle. I don't know how everyone gets work at this point. I really don't. But yes, NXT. Um, I actually do think that is kind of a compliment. In all seriousness, like it's it says something that pe- the audience is like, yes, they are the guys that we think are the best two guys on NXT. Well, not the audience. The 500 people that vote on our poll of that audience. But yeah, you get what I'm saying, right? Makes sense. I. It's a good matchup in the. In the Elite Eight between Cole and Ciampa, I'm a little surprised Cole has as much support as he does. Maybe this is, again, another thing where I just overrate. And it's not. this is not a Fiend thing. I think the Fiend is just totally cooled off. I just didn't think Adam Cole was looked at as the way it seems as if many people look at him. Was you aware of Adam Cole like a lot before NXT? Yeah, I knew his uh, ROH run, um, and that, that's yeah. pretty much it. I don't know if he did anything besides ROH, but I but I knew his ROH run. I think that element of it is why I'm kind of like cool with him because I know he's really good, but to me, he's it's not he's been the same. He's definitely got better and more polished, but like he has been Adam Cole Bebe for as for a very long time now to me. So while I'm not calling him, it's just like I know Adam Cole's super good. That's fine. I put that over there and I look elsewhere if that makes sense. But to be fair, Champer isn't much different. I must admit, I did think Keith Lee was so uh, so much momentum on his side was going to win that matchup, but I guess not. Keith Lee's an interesting. I see some people like super high on him, so I just expected he would he would uh, take Cole. Yeah, that's what I figured. Is the majority of my timeline really loves Keith Lee, and so I thought, all right, well, they're kind of cool on Adam Cole. They, they think he's good, but. He's just he's kind of played out at this point while Keith Lee is the hot guy and so I thought Keith Lee would have but I mean Cole won pretty handily. Mm. Um so I don't know, Adam Cole is still I mean I think he's getting the Britt Baker boost, honestly. That I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and say that. I'm gonna throw that out there. Britt Baker is the star of AEW and I think Adam Cole is benefiting from that. I can't argue it, but I think it does mean that he's representing NXT. I think he's taking this matchup. That's my hot take. I, I think so as well. We move oh, on. Okay, to... it's not that hot then. <laughs> <laughs> we move on to the, the women's bracket, and we have Becky Lynch easily over Bailey, 74.2% to 25.8%. And Asuka, in the big one, defeats Sasha Banks, 60.6% to 39.4%. Joe, your thoughts? Did you like my caption for Banks versus Asuka? I did. I did. That one yeah, was actually yeah. fitting. You were kind of right on that one. Yep. There was blood. There certainly <laughs> was blood. Um, I really want to just... I don't really have anything to say about this, Jeremy. Asuka, unfortunately, uh, last Friday it was proven that she is human. She fell victim to the famed DDT. Um, <laughs> and I feared for her after that because I put the part right after SmackDown and I thought, man, like... People could be down on her, right? Kind of exposed her a little bit. I've been saying it for years, Jeremy, that she couldn't take the DDT, so it wasn't a surprise to me, as you know. Uh, but luckily, Alexis is long gone, so she doesn't have to worry about that in this bracket. I think she has a real chance here against Becky. I really do. I think this is a live underdog entering the final with this region. Becky over Bailey was obvious, because unfortunately, people like me aren't smart enough to appreciate the layered character work taking place on Friday Night Smackdown. So that was inevitable. 
Leaves us with a big matchup, right? Becky could never beat Asuka until she beat her twice. Will she beat her again? That's my selling point of it. Did you have thoughts after Alexa beat Asuka of just saying, well, I'm going to replace Alexa with Asuka right now? I had many, many thoughts of different different moves I could make <laughs> on social media. I'll put it that way. I'll be honest, that was not one of them. There was a few campaigns that sort of went through my head. I was going to reopen Becky and Alexa for like 10 minutes and just DM everyone I know, be like, hey, <laughs> getting on this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, look, it is what it is. The people, you know how I just said that like, I'm not intelligent enough to understand Bailey's layered character work? Unfortunately, our audience obviously just wasn't intelligent enough to understand who was, who was right and wrong in that. And I was wrong, Jeremy. I stood down the troops. That was a big error on my part, and I lived to regret it because... There was wins to be made there, wins to be taken, and I just, you know, I was a coward, to be honest. I'm going to admit that now, I was a coward. I thought I was doing something right, I wasn't. It was terribly wrong. What do you? So you think Asuka has a chance against Becky? Yeah, because, I mean, she took Alexa like 10 minutes, so she's obviously in the elite. Uh, I just think, to me, that puts her in good stead. She has Becky's number, right? She beat her once, and Becky's beat her twice. That, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't know. I think people love Asuka. I mean, in all seriousness, mentioning that match on Friday, I mean, there was like, people were out for blood, actual blood on Friday night when that match ended. So it seems people are like still all in on Asuka is the greatest. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I think they're actually right, probably. So yeah, good luck to everyone involved. But I'm out of it. <laughs> I just like how Asuka was built up as this killer who Becky Lynch could not beat. And... Then Becky beat her twice, and Shayna pretty easily beat her in the chamber, and then Alexa just beat her on SmackDown. It's like, this is Becky's greatest rival, and she just keeps <laughs> losing all these matches. Yeah, I mean, you know what I will say, though? I'm going to turn the tables. You're 100% right, and that is uh, that's very WWE. But I do feel like someone needed at some point to be like, hey, look, should we reestablish that Alexa is like a wrestler? Because she has been a talk show host for what feels like 12 years. So it was cool to have a little actual wrestling match and win it. That was nice. I enjoyed that. I appreciate it a lot, whoever did it. And um this be honest, man. Asuka's I don't wanna I don't wanna kinda of phrase this the wrong way. Asuka is great. It's highly likely that her run has peaked in terms of where they are gonna position her. That's fair, right? Oh, it peaked at the Royal Rumble as far yeah. as where they're positioning her. It, but why do I see there. it? I just the way I look at it is after last when did she do that terrible Carmella feud that was very sad? Like two years oh, with ago, with right? Ellsworth? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was dark. Then she rebounded from that, and she had the title reign that would actually hurt her more than it helped her because they had to just take it off for Charlotte to win a belt, which was also very sad. And to me, and people were going to get angry about this, the last six months have been a bonus, I feel, because I legitimately last summer would have told you that she was just done. I didn't know what, any idea they had what they are going to do with her. Her and Kyrie got put together and just did nothing. The heel turn has given her, like, she's been, I don't want to overstate it, but, like, she's been one of Raw's most uh, important females. Is it ideal? No. But at least she's doing stuff again, right? There was a while there where it just felt like Asuka was just floating around aimlessly. It still feels like she's floating around aimlessly. <laughs> she doesn't have a match for Mania. I mean, she. Oh, they must have a match. I mean, Nikki Cross <laughs> just kept bringing it up over and over again. Cole was like, please calm down. <laughs> I feel like they're doing that, man. I assume that. I don't know what the situation is. But. Well, we're going to yeah. talk about that because oh, you did get yeah. a scare uh, 
last yeah. week and we're gonna get into that so everyone in just a second everyone the the elite eight will be up on joe's twitter uh short maybe by the time you're listening to this so go to yes. joe holbert five on twitter and vote for the elite eight and then we will discuss the elite eight and preview the final four on tomorrow's show so you got about 24 hours to vote everyone so get those votes in you got this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're all tonight to potentially influence some decision. I don't know what AJ and Kevin Owens are going to be doing on Raw, but maybe they, one of them cuts a really great promo to build this match. Um, and then, yeah, we will we will talk about the Elite Eight on tomorrow before wrapping things up at some point this week with uh, the, the tournament. It's coming to an end. This is the time to step forward as a fan. Don't be like me and be a coward. Step forward, <laughs> do the right thing. Uh, let's talk about what WrestleMania has done to us mentally and emotionally, Joe. This is yeah. and this is a therapy session for us, for anybody listening who wants to just get their problems out there about what kind of damage long term, short term WrestleMania has has caused them. I'm going to throw it to you first with these features because I know they have thrown you into a tizzy with, with some of them and the changes because your wording has had to change on a lot of them. But first, talk us through like what goes into the the actual writing of the features. When you sit down, let's say things are normal, and you're writing a feature, what is your process like? Okay, so... There are, there are some exceptions where I have to watch a lot. But generally, I'll watch, I'll pick out a handful of things that I consider either important or the opposite important of things that I definitely don't remember slash didn't watch ever, okay? I will then work my way through these, I'll take notes. I will then write a feature based on purely my perception of whoever I'm covering. Purely my perception. Then I'll write one with the notes. Then I'll kind of mesh them together do some editing, takes a long time, very sad experience. Uh, the time it takes is a little bit kind of inconsistent. There's sometimes, I mean, back in my prime, Jeremy, when I was a young man, before before um, the wrestling darkness took me over, took me down, I used to be able to just sit and write a feature and it'd be like done hours later. The long, long gone times, very long gone. Uh, which leads me into WrestleMania, Jeremy, where the one article that I did months, months in advance was a Roman Reigns feature because I assumed Roman would be in a main event match. So this is not a lie, this is not an exaggeration. I legitimately produced a full feature about Roman's, uh, his relationship with the audience in past <laughs> WrestleMania and a look into the factors at play, what, you know, why it is that way, is it an indictment of him, is it not, what's going to happen this year? Will the crowd make noise, Jeremy? Then I found out there will be no crowd. So I then returned... To the, to the work, and I, I decided, okay, let's do a new one. So I did a new one, and it was all about the fact that, to me, Roman has still never got an actual reign, like a prolonged babyface title reign where he works through a whole group of heels, and he's just a champ for a long time. There's no kind of shenanigans, money in the bank business. Then he pulled out WrestleMania. So, And to make it worse, 
on SmackDown, they suggested he had not yet pulled out WrestleMania. So I had, still was not sure this article would run. I feel pretty confident now it will not be running. <laughs> but that's the best example of how WrestleMania is missing out. There are others. There are others. But that one is a, that's a classic, I would say. Definitely. They're still billing Roman and Goldberg as a face-to-face on Friday. Like, I yeah. I think this match is going to happen. I think you should run the feature, and then it's on <laughs> WWE when they cancel the match at WrestleMania. It's not on you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would certainly be on Fightful's website if it had, like, all of the news, and they should have <laughs> feature ignoring all of that news. That would definitely be a bold web. It would be great on if, like, you ran this feature on Thursday or actually, it should run on Friday because you have SmackDown. So we, we can run the feature on Friday, and then it's in one of the three feature slots at the top of the page. And then right next to it is WWE confirms Roman Reigns won't be wrestling at WrestleMania. <laughs> the thing, the two honest, that's a good suggestion. The best one I've got, though, is just take that crowd feature and just save it for next year. And when I read that, I was like... Honestly, that is an incredible likelihood of being relevant next year. Yeah. Right. There's a very good chance Roman's in a title match next year, a big match. Just just slide it in there and I'll be fine. There'll be only be nine features left to write, Drew. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a weird time. Very strange. The Drew one, you, you had something on the crowd as well. And <laughs> I suggested you do a choose your own adventure feature. I have yeah. no clue how you pull this off, but I thought this would have been because the Drew one, it just ran, I think, last week. But when we were talking about it, this was even before they knew what they were doing with WrestleMania. And so I, I thought just a choose-your-own-adventure where you just go, all right, um, if they have a crowd, click here. If they don't have a crowd, click here. If the whole event gets canceled, click here. But I don't know how that would be possible to pull off. Yeah, I mean, the Drew one is... For all of them, actually, what the interesting little part of it, I don't know what the crossover is between people that watch, listen to this and read those, but if you see the sentence, not ideal circumstances or not as we would have imagined it, that was my very last minute. <laughs> I cannot be bothered to delve into this and no wrestling fan wants to read more about it. So I'm just going to, we all know what I'm talking about, right? You WWE'd your features where you won't actually say COVID-19 or coronavirus, just extenuating circumstances. I do that often. I actually think I understand why they do this because there are there's sometimes you have to remind yourself that like the audience reading this definitely has seen most of the same stuff as you, right? Like there's no one clicking on my articles like, I have never heard of professional wrestling. Let's read about The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Like it's not happening. <laughs> So I've learned that generally with features, for anyone that wants to write, this is a tip of advice from someone that has achieved absolutely nothing. Don't dwell too much on like details. Watch them so you can discuss them in detail, but you don't have to actually go in. You don't have to write like, you know, then the thing kicked out of 12 curb stomps. We know, we remember, we don't want to remember. Yeah, that's that's the kind of mental map. But yeah, uh, the Drew one was just a few changes. It wasn't a big deal. The other one that was a real headache was Rhea Ripley, which I think me and you discussed off air, correct? Like that yeah. was because sure I, I made this joke on the podcast, but Charlotte's whole thing was about like she's never wrestled in a stadium. And I for some reason thought that was good. I don't know why I thought it was good, but I kinda used that as like a I could take that somewhere, you know, what a moment, right? Who would have thought it? WrestleMania, big stage, and then she was just in the empty PC. And I was like, oh well they have to do a whole different feature. So it's been very, very sad. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if people say they're good, so I will take those compliments and I'll pretend they are very good. 
I have no clue where the final product ended up. There are many, many paragraphs left on the cutting floor, that's the short say. Uh, they are very good. I will uh, oh. compliment you oh. on, on your feature. I think they'd be better as a slideshow, but as a feature, they are very good. Yeah, um, true. The, <laughs> I remember we talked about the Charlotte and Ripley feature and how, I don't remember if I, I made this joke off air, but th- this is all just Rhea Ripley's doing to get it on her terms. You know, she didn't want to have the the big stadium. She's gonna bring Charlotte down to let's let's see how you do in the PC. You know, I actually really believe that's one of the most interesting matches on this show. I think this is a humongous test of young Rhea Ripley. I really do believe it's interesting in that sense because I think it's pretty obvious that they're intending to make her like a face of the division, and. What she does on Saturday or Sunday shouldn't change that. This is a very odd circumstance. Wouldn't stress it. But I am intrigued to see how such a new wrestler reacts to these circumstances. Because, I mean, everyone laughed about the thing where she came out and did her full entrance when <laughs> when she was making a save. And it's like, she is super new. Not I wouldn't even use the word green because that seems disrespectful. I've seen her in very good matches. But, like, she's programmed a certain way that this feels like a very, very tough environment to be dropped into, I feel. She is certainly WWE programmed. Um, mm. The the best example is like The Miz when Bray Wyatt is threatening to kill his, his family and his child and he's going into this big fight and he's still got to do his spin and point nonsense before the match. It's like, yeah. all right, can't you just like walk down the ring and be serious, dude? Uh, yeah. I watched all of that stuff back because <laughs> I, the Firefly Funhouse... It's just not my thing. And it's, it's not because it's bad. Sometimes I think it's bad. Sometimes it's not. It's just not my thing, right? We're talking about the Hardy stuff. Like, some stuff is for me, some stuff's not. But I I have to watch it when I'm going to write about Bray Wyatt. So there is there's a version of the Bray Wyatt feature that is just, like, me just trying to get myself through the details that is the Bray Wyatt character. I'm trying to have any understanding of what it is. And I was just I was reading it back, like, there is someone out there that can do a great version of this article that understands all of the details, all of the symbolism. I had no clue, so I just totally scrapped that. But, yeah, the Bray Wyatt thing is is um, is odd. I think that match is going to be hilarious, like legitimately hilarious. I can't wait for that match because I do think that is one match where they will Michael Bay it up and just do the dumbest, wackiest things possible. I mean, Cena comes from that Hollywood world anyway. He's used to being in these big action movies and stuff. I want John Cena to be like, all right, what if he, he hits me with the mallet and then my head just explodes into a million pieces? That Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because my brother has been asking me to shout him out on this for a long time. So I'm going to do it for him now. He's been fantasy booking this deal and he thinks this is the end. He thinks they're writing John Cena off for good. <laughs> I don't know what... To be fair, he didn't go into the detail that you just went into, but... Based on what he told me, that is what he's expecting. Like a full-on just fatal end to John Cena character. We never see him again. That would be bold on an empty arena WrestleMania in this climate. <laughs> he comes back as just the prototype, and he has wow, no memory. Yeah, yeah, he, has, he has no memory of John Cena. He's just the robotic <laughs> prototype guy again. It would be incredible if like, there was no wrestling and Bray just killed him. I just no. <laughs> No fanfare, no commentary. They just met somewhere and Bray murders him. He's like, oh, wow. I guess he really is a killer clown, right? That's crazy. What if John Cena shows up as invisible? I don't know if you've seen this movie, The Invisible Man, but we we can't see John Cena. What if he just shows up to this this match and 
he just can't be seen. Yeah, I mean, it, I think if you're going to extend this match to any kind of length, that may need to be used. That might be the smoke and mirrors you need to get through this. I don't know what this looks like. Uh, where is this going to take place, Jeremy? Do we know? In do we the care? Firefly Funhouse. But, like, when they say that, do they mean legitimately the set of that show? Because I have if no so, idea. We're in, we're in for an incredible... Because yeah, I think they're going the to reveal, like, the entire... All we know right oh. now is, like, we've seen Bray's little room. This is a whole mansion, Joe. Like, th- this oh. whole this is the Firefly Fun Mansion. Not, it's not just a house. So they're going to fight into the kitchen, into... Remember the bad Randy Orton match where... What was that, uh... What was that Bray Wyatt Randy Orton match that took place in the house? Wait, I'm, I've got I, the I House of Horrors. Isn't that what they called it? Yes, I think so. What? When was this? 2018, 17. Sure, 17. Right. Okay, I'm gonna get to this. But I, the only time anyone's ever like invaded that area was the incredible Seth Rollins uh, piece of business. So yeah. I don't know if they can top that as far as <laughs> hilarity goes. Extreme Rules. Does that feel like it? I don't know. Where am I aiming here? Oh God, Kendo stick on a pole. I better get away from this. This is this is all very dangerous. <laughs> this is this podcast is just us trying to recall very bad pro wrestling. Right, <laughs> I think I've got it. Payback 2017, House of Horrors, yeah. 17 minutes, 17, 17 minutes. minutes. I think it ended in the ring too. Like they they left the House yes. of Horrors and then they just wound up back in the ring. I have an asterisk here, so. This time indicates the combined length of time that the match was shown on the show's broadcast. So therefore, you've got to realise, this, this match actually probably spanned two hours. It, it probably <laughs> Now, this is a different time. Oh, this was those days where we had single-brand pay-per-views, Jeremy. Yeah. And they would end in like two and a half hours. Oh, glory days. Enzone Cass. Austin Aries versus Neville. Incredible. Gotta love it. Where are those guys at now? Yeah, well, very different places with very different opinions surrounding them. But I'll leave it at that. Um, 2017, was it good or bad? I don't remember. It, it wasn't good. good. Right? It was really bad. <laughs> it was awful. But I like that's the kind of bad wackiness that I want. Like I want them fighting in the Firefly Funhouse kitchen. I want Ramblin' Rabbit jumping out and like attacking John Cena and you know I don't need, I don't know the other characters and the thing Huskus the pig I want John Cena doing the Muscle Man dance just for I don't know why but th- like these this is kind of the kind of dumb stuff that I want out of this match I don't know so, how we're previewing this match now but we are yeah I'm gonna stop by going back to 2017 so the House of Horrors match was what who's Bray Wyatt's idea right did he build the house. Because, I can't recall this feud. They had maggots on on the ring. At, they had maggots yes. on the ring at WrestleMania, Joe. I, everything after that is, is a blur to me. Well, I just if it's the same thing I remember, I always find it fascinating. Like, did I just wonder if Bray like rented a house for the weekend? <laughs> he was like, it's going to get weird. Okay, it's going to get weird for a couple of days. I'll clean it up after. But it was fascinating that they ended up going back to the ring. That was very strong choice. I mean, that whole time. So. Let's try and try and go back in time here. Am I crazy for saying that people thought that was all a good idea before the the maggots in the ring? Everyone was like, "This is all fine." Bray versus Randy. Bray's the champ now. This all makes sense to me. And then maggots were in the ring, and it got very sad. That's what my recollection is. Yeah, people were interested in the feud, and the feud leading up to that was good. I mean, the the whole Orton goes into the Wyatt family type of deal everyone wanted bray to win the title they were happy when bray won the title 
and then people thought the turn was a little too quick and then they had the mania match and yeah once the maggots were in the ring it was just like (laughs) just just in this all like end everything right now you know the time just before that like two months before that that period of smackdown when they first drafted rosters is legitimately one of my favorite like wwe times ever do you know that jeremy i'm gonna be positive here I loved that time. You know when they first did Talking Smack and all that fun and Miz was like on fire and um, uh, there was other good stuff that I forget now. But it was good, you know. Baron Corbin had hair. Kalisto was there. It was fun. I liked it. Uh, anything else? Oh, we've, we've got to talk about the the tag team feature that I guess is still going to run this week no no not, okay can confirm it's not happening all right sources indicate that this <laughs> this feature is not going to run uh there was a a story that oscar they, they've been they've clearly been building oscar and Kyrie against beth and natalia they they clearly were not building the beth and natalia aspect of this but the reports were that beth and natalia were going to be involved and alexa and nikki they had been building kabuki warriors against alexa and nikki Joe, I guess you thought it was safe to write this feature. And then the reports came out that Asuka would not be wrestling at WrestleMania. But then a couple hours later, those reports turned out to be wrong. Yes, that was a hectic time. But in the end, it meant nothing because none of it's getting posted, right? (laughs) So what a waste of everyone's time. But you are correct. Uh, I started writing a feature that 90 minutes later seemed to be cancelled. And at that point, it felt as though I was cursed in some way. It did feel... Someone was out to get me, probably for this podcast, and rightly so, uh, for bringing up House of Horrors, which they knew I would do you know, in advance. Um, women's tag titles. I, I'm going to go out on the limb here, Jeremy. This match has received more television focus and build than the SmackDown women's title. Come at me, bro. Well, yeah, because the SmackDown women's title... <laughs> the SmackDown women's title, the, the focus has been on just Bailey running down everybody and then they throw a bunch of challengers she's already beaten and Tamina into the mix and it's no, like... no. I don't think you get it Jeremy I don't think you understand it's layered storytelling okay <laughs> you don't get it because Bailey said to her she was like everything's cool between us right and she didn't answer Jeremy she didn't get a chance to answer so it's all anything could happen right this is the kind of stuff I tune in for I'm loving it it's very subtle very very subtle and, and we don't know which way it's going to go. They're certainly not going to have a wrestling feud coming up any time here, right? Sasha and Bailey? No way! No way. Do you know what was interesting? I um, Someone on the Twitter posted the link, the video, sorry, of when the first superstar shake-up moved Alexa to Raw and Charlotte to SmackDown. I could be wrong, mate. I could have imagined it. I'm pretty sure Alexa interrupts Bailey and Sasha and says, everyone is tired of you two being together. That was three years ago, Jeremy. Three years. <laughs> And I understand there's been gaps, breaks. I'm not blaming the two people. I'm just saying it is incredible that we are now extending ourselves forward to whenever this feud will eventually pay off. I assume in, I don't know, things won't even be back to It's going to pay off so. in SummerSlam yeah. 2018, according to everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember when they did the, uh, what was the deal that they tried to do with like them two that was like Brian and Kane? Remember they sent them to go yeah. to like uh... <laughs> Yeah, they had the terrible acted uh locker room fight backstage that looks straight out of zach and slater from saved by the bell i think what you mean to say is the incredibly complex <laughs> and layered backstage fight 
that featured many subtle details. Is what I think you meant to say, but I'll leave it as... No, terribly acted backstage fight. Um, Their version of the Team Hell No stuff was an incredible time in wrestling, I thought. I thought that was just hilarious. I loved everything about it for all the wrong reasons. But anyway, we were talking about Tamina. Um, She's great, right? What a super kick. She was trending on Twitter. I don't really? know. Dude, this was a bit like Bailey. This is actually good stuff by Bailey, but Bailey is like, look, bro, you're trending on Twitter. Yeah, I actually thought, to be clear, I thought the segment was like as good as it ever could be. Like, I thought they made the most of it. It's just a really tough outing, right? It's a match that no one's pumped for. It and is. Just... I'm with you. It's very layered. Bailey is like, this is not going to be one of those promos where people just come out and keep interrupting me. And then people came out and kept interrupting her. Like, you can't find that anywhere else. Makes you wonder, Russo, is he back? I don't know. <laughs> but um, who's winning this match? I don't want to do a preview. We'll leave that until next week or this week. When is WrestleMania? Who cares? Lacey, very good character, came out and said that someone's mouth was as big as her hat. Incredible way again over his babyface. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. So as I was saying, the women's tag title is much more interesting than the SmackDown. I didn't want to be in there. I didn't want to be there. My team is happy. In the tag picture, Jeremy, that's what I'm saying. I'm devoid of all this SmackDown talk. I can laugh at it from afar. That's where I want to be. Uh, Nikki Cross did cut an incredible promo in a WWE.com exclusive. Always. Every time. Here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. Okay, this all assumes that eventually wrestling returns to being normal. Big, big bloody prediction. In 2024. Okay? Yes. Oh, I think... Alexa and Nikki as tag champs touring across the brands and their only TV presence just being vignettes and videos following them on this tour is one of the most incredible concepts you can do. Like they're a rock and roll band going to NXT UK defending the tag team titles. <laughs> and you don't even see the matches. We don't even see the matches. Who cares? You just see them kind of like just Alexa trying to live with Nikki, trying to deal with her is to me some of the best stuff in WWE, I think. I'm completely fine. I wish they would do more. Like, this helps make Lesnar a, a bigger deal. Is I know people are mad at it, but the fact that Lesnar doesn't wrestle every week in these throwaway matches is good. Like, I don't need, as the tag team champions, Alexa in these singles matches losing. Like, just like I don't need Asuka in these singles matches as a tag team champion losing every single week. Like, just yeah. do some vignettes and actually build some matches and go with that. Like, I don't need them wrestling every week. I will say, I mean, it's got a real cap in WWE's, like, system because tag team wrestling just is what it is. And I don't mean to say it dismissively, but if they can't make a tag team division with the Usos and then and New Day, like, a really big deal, because let's be honest, it's not a big deal, right? They made a bit of SmackDown, but we all know the truth. Like, tag team wrestling just isn't that way. You have some cool matches, you get to WrestleMania, you get put in one big match, you kill yourself on ladders, good job. But... As far as talent goes, like, Kabuki Warriors, Electra Nikki is actually, like, a, I think there's potential to actually have a good professional wrestling program. <laughs> I really do believe that. I mean, it could be fun. There is, but, one, <laughs> they're at bad circumstances right now. Yeah. And, yeah. two, they're not going to do it anyway, even if they had good circumstances. Well, glad to see you're as positive from me on it, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Nikki, I think she's probably the most underrated talent in the whole division. Hot take. She's very good. She she's very good. I I don't know if she's the most underrated talent in the whole division when Tamina is right there, but she is very good. <laughs> like she's legitimately good in the sense that she's a professional wrestler that like tries to 
wreck, like interrupt the crowd. She tries to get over. She isn't as good at the um, subtle performance art and theatre element of professional wrestling, which obviously is the main part we all watch it for, Jeremy, of course. <laughs> but as far as getting a character over and being entertaining, boy, is she good at that, right? So, yeah, I'm a big fan, but Tamina is better. You're right, the super kick is something to behold. I'm going to quickly discuss, because as typical with our show, we try to get on a topic, and for some reason we spent minutes, many minutes, talking about house of horrors and the subtleness of, of smackdown women's champion bailey um i was supposed to go to wrestlemania for for this week and i don't think i was actually going to wrestlemania because i didn't want to sit there for eight hours and be uncomfortable but i was going to wrestlemania week uh had some things lined up with some uh wrestlers and and things of that nature gonna have a, a good time meeting all the people on the social media that i would never typically meet in real life and it was going to be fun and that didn't happen and that's very disappointing for me and for a lot of people i know a lot of people were planning to go to mania i know a lot of people had had cool stuff planned um and i I think this whole thing just sucks the way the way it turned out and obviously there's nothing we could do about it but it it's mania week and it's just like it feels anything but mania week like this is the week where i'm used to just like sitting in my office i have multiple screens like all right i'm gonna throw on this independent show see what happens here and i'll watch and watch this see who says what do all this interview work and whatnot which is fine i I love mania week I, i love working hard uh during this week despite what i said earlier in the show like i love doing this stuff this week, this is a week where I don't feel like working because it just doesn't feel like Mania Week. It just feels like everything is, is a drag right now. And it, like when they announced Sammy and Brian last Friday, like Sammy Zayn, Daniel Bryan, this should be awesome. I'm just like, mm. I don't care. Yeah, I, I understand. I, he's so, it's very tough to get excited about stuff like that, right? Sammy Zayn, Daniel Bryan in the stadium, it'd be like, man, what a cool moment, what a cool match. You can't really look forward to it. It's just so tainted by everything that's going on. Hopefully, because we have to watch it anyway, right? So hopefully it's good and we enjoy it, but it's not the same. And you're right. A lot of people meet up WrestleMania week and have fun. and That's been taken out. And again, again, I don't want to stress the actual real-life issues here, which is why I kind of focus on silliness. But I think the biggest thing everyone hates about this is like, we just don't know when it's going to be back to normal, right? Yeah. That's the biggest thing that's, that makes it even it loom even more so. Yeah, definitely. WrestleMania week, it's a, it's a blow for sure. Yeah, we could say, like, oh, we'll get together next time they, they do this. And it's like, mm-hmm. when's next time going to be? Obviously, they'll hopefully have WrestleMania next year, but, you know, that's in Los Angeles. You know, Tampa was where I could end up going, where a lot of people could end up going. Not everyone can go to Los Angeles and stuff. So it just it threw a lot of things out of order, and it's – it's a disappointing week because this should be like this should be a fun week you know what i mean like this should be a week where both of us are like oh man you like you've got all these features done uh i'm i'm doing i'm i'm there i'm talking to whoever i'm going to these shows We're, we're doing we're doing our show live from wrestlemania sort of and like this should be a fun week where everyone in wrestling just comes together and enjoys we discover new talent you know on these independent shows tna's running or impacts running like tna throwback like you got all this kind of different all this kind of different stuff like there's something for everybody during mania week and it's like this year 
hey, enjoy this empty arena show. Like, I can't, I can't pretend to get excited about this. Yeah, it's, it is really hard because even in this imagine scenario where WrestleMania is really good, let's just imagine that, okay? Let's be positive, optimistic. But even the best stuff on that show, you're only going to be left sitting there thinking, man, imagine how awesome that would have been in front of a stadium full of people. Yeah. Right? Like, of course you are. That's how you're used to watching wrestling. Is yeah, I mean, I guess there's no saving grace in it, but this is impacting everyone. Wrestling is still going, for better or worse. Me and you have our own take on that, obviously, <laughs> but some people still seem fired up, uh, and God bless them. But yeah, it's, it's, a sad, it's sad in that sense, definitely. And it's odd how quickly it all just disintegrated, right? Went straight through our fingers like that. Like it was, and now we're here, WrestleMania week, and there is no week, is there? It's just a weekend of tape shows. So it's an odd one. It's still too big for one night. So oh yeah, way too big. <laughs> Tamina's super kicks is on it. How many minutes before Tamina gets eliminated? I'm gonna do another preview thing. How many minutes? How many minutes until what? Tamina gets eliminated in this match. Uh, look, she's got to throw these super kicks. She's got to do a super kick party first, and then she can get sure. eliminated. She'll, she won't, a uh, hot take, she will not be the first person out. Yeah, that's definitely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's 100% wrong, but I respect it. If Dana was still in the match, I would say maybe. Oh, wait, Dana's not in the match? No. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry, pal. They didn't tell us that, though. She just no longer... Yeah, I don't remember them actually saying that. Uh, I I noticed that was a bit, everyone. I know she's not on the match. I still don't think uh, Tamina will be the first person eliminated. That's my bold prediction. I don't know who it's going to be. They'll probably uh, have Naomi eliminated first because that's what they do. I think they should just have all three of the challengers not named Sasha Banks eliminated in, like, 10 seconds, and then we can just get to the real... You know the art that I'm there for. That's what I think, Jeremy. <laughs> what about you? They'll probably have Banks eliminated first. There is an argument that you have Bailey eliminated first, and then Banks has to like win the title. Yeah. And Bailey's like, "Oh, cool. Let's give it back to me now." And you know, they're well, oh, where are the crowds going? Oh no, never mind. They're not. They're not going wild. There's no one there. Michael Cole's <laughs> excited though. Yeah, there's an argument to do that. That'd be fun. All right, everybody. That's gonna yes. wrap it up for us today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another daily distraction. I, sorry, our therapy session turned into the distraction because that—that's what we do here on this show. Uh, but if you are upset or you know had mania plans, again, share it with us. I, I do sympathize with with that because, um, as I said, we were all supposed to meet together, big hugs, and we're not doing any of that. Nobody go out, hug anybody. Stay home, stay safe. Let's just try to keep getting through this as quickly as possible and i don't even know what quickly means at this point um but we'll be back tomorrow more wwe march madness we are going to uh discuss japanese deathmatch legend and original death dealer luther's uh kind of prompt that he put out on twitter so we will we will talk about that and then we'll be back later this week with our, our wrestlemania preview Again, Fightful.com for all your wrestling, MMA, boxing needs. You can follow Joe on Twitter, at JoeHolbert5. Check out his features on Fightful. That is where you vote on the polls on Joe's Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, at JeremyLambert88, and we'll be back tomorrow.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.